Welcome to Oaks Church, where we grow great lives and build big people. Thank you for checking out our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by this life-changing message from Pastor Joel Scrivener. For more information, visit us online at oakschurch.com or follow us on social media at Oaks Church Texas. I'm so happy to be here with all of you today. Welcome all of you that are with us online. God bless you, literally hundreds of people. We have people from all over the country, uh, different parts of the world are watching Oaks Church and so excited to be a part of a real move of God, God doing something powerful and amazing right here in our local city, our region, but also stretching out around the world. And I can't wait to share with you uh, this vision today. Unstoppable is the name of our vision campaign. And this is something that's been brewing for quite a while. We're gonna literally walk you through the story of Oaks Church today. Some of you have seen this. Some of the parts of the story have changed in the last little bit. And so I'm really pumped to share with you how your church finished two years and what we're looking like for the future. Uh, We're just about maybe three weeks, keep your finger crossed, lots of prayers uh, for us to get the approval to be in the building. This is gonna be a four-week campaign and our goal, our dream, our prayer is that the fourth week of this campaign, when we finish, we actually finish the fourth week in our new building. And that's so exciting and uh, so incredible. And for those of you that haven't gone by to see it, sneak on past there and, and take a little peek, peek in the windows. When we picked this place up, it literally was an absolute disaster. It looked like uh, Hurricane Lulu went through there or something, and it is really coming together. It's looking absolutely beautiful, and I can't wait for you all to celebrate uh, with us in our new building, our new home. So uh, underneath the rows, there is a booklet right here, and you can go ahead and grab that, pick that up. We put just two underneath here. If you need more, if you need another one, you can raise your hand, and our ushers will get you one. Um, most of this can be one or two per family. There is a card in here that is a spiritual commitment card. And for all of you that are with us online right now, uh, you might want to grab a separate device. We're going to try to show you all of the different images we're going to show you on your screen while we go through. But if you have a separate device, you can literally go to the oakschurch.com website, click the, there's a button in the top right that literally says unstoppable. If you'll click that button, it'll take you to a drop down menu that you can pick uh, and select this specific booklet to go through uh, so you can walk through, see all the images, see all the graphs up close and personal, just like everyone in the room can do. There's also a a spiritual journey commitment card in there. Uh, There is a little QR card, guys. If you, um, uh, what what you can, what they're gonna see online, there's the little QR card that you have inside of your booklet. You can use the camera on your phone to pick it up, kind of like when you go into a restaurant nowadays and you wanna see the menu, use your little phone camera to see the menu and it'll take you to the exact drop-down spot that's on our website, and you can see all of that. But we want to take you on a journey today, but I want to start uh, by talking to you and giving you a couple of verses about the origin of this word unstoppable. When we entered into this this journey, and literally starting this church was kind of a journey off into the wilderness a little bit for Jennifer and myself and our family, and many of you that uh, were a part of the ministry that we are part of before that were really hearing the voice of God for a new and a different season, and God called us out onto this journey, and it was a wild ride, and I literally had four years of my journal entries, my personal prayers, where God was preparing me for this adventure that I didn't even know was about to happen, and, and I thought that I had asked not to happen, but the Lord knew something I didn't know. 
And now it's the greatest thrill of my life to be here and be a part of this amazing ministry with each and every one of you all. Uh, whether you're in the room with us or whether you're with us online right now, we know that at some point in time, most of us will be together uh, and be able to worship together inside of our new building. But there are people, as this ministry grows, guys, there are people that literally will be starting Oaks Church campuses in different cities around the nation. That's something that will happen because of the vision and the ministry that there will be people that connect to this ministry and really feel like they want to be a part of starting something like this in their hometown and home churches will begin to pop up. The influence of Oaks Church will spread around the globe. It's what God has declared. And as I looked at my journal four years through it, he had one word written through my journal that God had spoken to me and it was that what he wanted to do could not be stopped. No one could stand in the way of it. No man, no woman, no power, no authority, no government, no anything. Nothing can stand in the way of what God wants to do. Your God is unstoppable. You understand that? Your God is unstoppable. No one can stop what God is planning on doing. The question is, can he do it through you or not? Well, the good news in the scripture is this. Romans 8.31 says, what shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? It goes on to say in verse 37, no, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. If God is for you, if you are smack dab in the middle of what God is doing, you are unstoppable because he is unstoppable. And if he lives inside of you and if you're connected into his will, listen, can I tell you that there are things that you may think that you wanna go do that are stoppable because he's not in it. Anybody ever get off into something he wasn't in? And then you come back and he's like, welcome back. There was a time where, where I, I literally was off. In fact, it was, it was a, a real estate investment uh, venture a few years that we went on. Um, we picked a beautiful time to begin to buy multiple properties. 2005 and six were a great time to start collecting uh, really cruddy properties around the Metroplex where nobody would ever want to live if they didn't have to. And then 2008 happened. Anybody remember 2008? It was a wonderful time for people uh, around the nation, especially people that owned houses. And their houses magically, in some neighborhoods more than others, were worth about 70% less than what they used to be worth. And we learned a really hard lesson. And I'm like, God, why did you let me do that? He goes, you wouldn't listen. He literally said, you wanted to do it so bad that I said, okay. Because I knew it's the only way you would learn. Has anybody ever learned the hard way? Oh, my Lord. I used to say that. That was a part of a problem inside of my personality that, that had been spoken over me multiple times. You always learn the hard way. You always learn the hard way. And, and I began to say it over myself until I realized I didn't want to learn the hard way anymore. I don't want to say that over myself. I want to learn the easy way. I want to see your mistake and go, duly noted. I don't want to take that trip. I don't want to go down that path. But when you're in the middle of God's will, when you're connected into what he's actually doing, when you know you've heard his voice and you're stepping out to follow him, God is with you, God is for you, God is unstoppable, and therefore you are unstoppable because you're smack dab in the middle of God's will. Somebody say that, I am unstoppable. No one can stop 
what God wants to do in me. No one can stop what God wants to do through me. I am in his hands and no one can snatch me out. That's a good word for somebody. See, there are people that feel like they're just one mistake away from falling out of the relationship with God. There are people that, that think, and bad doctrines that have taught, that man, you, 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 you can lose your salvation. That right there, for me to even say that, some people were like, well, I mean, my question is, if the Bible says clearly that no one can snatch you from his hand, the question is, were you in his hand or not? Because once you're in his hand, once you're in his family, listen, no one can take Sydney out of my family. Not even Sydney. And if it's your intention to follow the voice of God and to be in relationship with God, no one can stop you. If you even care whether or not you're still in the right place with God, you are. If you don't care anymore, that's when it's dangerous. As long as you're still caring, trying, you may be messing up. Guess what? God will allow us to go off and learn lessons and then draw us back in to take a straighter path. It's just part of the process. Some people's roads are straighter than others. Some people have a very scenic route with Jesus. Get to see a lot of parts of the country. I want to take you to a passage. We're going to spend some time in this passage a little today and much more next week. This is 1 Kings 17. As I began to pray about this series, the Lord took me to a couple of the prophets, Elijah and Elisha, to walk through some of their journey of how they heard his voice. Guys, the scripture is very clear. It says that in the last days, the spirit will be poured out and the sons and the daughters will prophesy. Every single one of you, if you have asked and, ex and, and accepted and for Jesus to come into your life, if you've asked for the Holy Spirit to come and fill you, you have the ability to hear the voice of God because of the Spirit living inside of you and to say what he says. The Bible talks about tongues and interpretation tongues, prophecies and words of wisdom and words of knowledge. If you have received the Holy Spirit in your life, then you have access to supernatural communication from God, that God can speak to you and God can speak through you. Prophecy is nothing more than having an interaction with God and saying what he says. It should be a very natural experience for a believer in Jesus Christ who has fully submitted to and opened themselves up for the Holy Spirit to live inside of their lives. For you to in encounter and interact with your heavenly father, have communication from him, and then be able to say what he's communicating to you. That's prophecy. So it's important to study the prophets because everything God does, he does based on something he has said. In fact, everything he does, he does through saying it. When God created the world, he spoke it into existence. When God created you, he spoke you into existence. When God created the sun and the moon and the stars and the cows and the giraffes and everything that he created, he spoke them into existence. He made you in his image. You speak things into existence. What you say about your life, what you say about your family, what you say about your spouse, what you say about your future, what you say about your work, what you say about your finances, what you say about your spiritual life, what you say about your sin nature, what you say about your habits. Life and death are in your tongue. Come on, I'm telling you, God is unstoppable. If he's for you, if you're with him, you are unstoppable. 
And in this story, you're going to see a story of supernatural provision, 1 Kings 17. Now Elijah, the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Talk about a weather man right there. No rain, no dew, unless I say so. Don't you wish we had that weatherman in Texas? He would have to give reports like four or five times a day uh, here in Texas. But, but this man was so connected to God that he was able to foretell a famine, a drought, that would vastly affect the landscape and all of the cities and all of the regions, and he had to live inside of that famine. But in the midst of that, let me, let me help you with something. Regard, things happen in our world, in our nation, in our government, in, in our cities. Things happen that are not on our plan and aren't part of our schedule, but none of it surprises God. There will be famine, there will be drought, there will be lack, there will be uh, war, there will be chaos, there will be horrific things that happen in the world. Jesus never promised it would be all kumbaya. In fact, he said that we would have suffering and tribulation. We can be sure of that. That's what he said. But if God is with you, who can be against you? If God is for you, who can be against you? If the unstoppable God is with you, you can overcome. So in the midst of famine, then the word came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Kirith ravine east of the Jordan. Watch. You will drink from the brook and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. Somebody say that phrase. So he did what the Lord had told him. Say it again. So he did what the Lord had told him. Guys, can I submit to you that's the secret of success in life? If you'll just do what the Lord has told you, you're guaranteed success. He's unstoppable. Did what the Lord had told me, went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. Watch. Then ravens brought him bread and meat. Ew. In the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. I don't know how you feel about birds, but birds kind of freak me out. I saw that movie, Birds, when I was a kid. Did anybody see that movie? And then you find out that like they think dinosaurs actually came from birds. Birds are creepy. Have you ever watched them? I mean, they got scales and feathers. It's a weird thing, man. There's nothing creepier than chicken feet. Chicken feet creep me out. Just telling you. Oh my God, they're weird. Our house out in the country, we have these big glass uh, doors and windows. And, and we literally didn't realize we were creating a bird murder scene. Birds think they can fly through our house, and they find out that they can't. And we had a red tip hawk. I'm talking massive. Flew in. I thought that, like, we got bombed. He hit our front door so hard. Poor little guy went to be with Jesus right away. Um, but I was creeped out at his feet, man. Bird feet are dirty. And, and that was a hawk. They're kind of regal. We're talking about a, a buzzard, right? A buzzard, something that eats dead stuff. And God's like, hey, Eli, I got a little trip for you. It's beautiful. You're going to go down by the ravine, the river. It's gorgeous. 
The water's pristine. It's incredible. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. I'm going to have these dirty birds bring you food twice a day. What type of meat do buzzards pick up? The stuff you run over. That's what they pick up. Roadkill. I'm hoping it was fresh. Here's what's crazy. Elijah had to eat kosher. How did these buzzards know which, which foods were kosher or not? This is a massive miracle. Talk about unstoppable. If God is for you, if he's at work in your life, in the midst of a famine, God can take and change the course of nature. It is not in the nature of a buzzard to share. It's not in the nature there's no buzzard door dash. You don't pick from menu options. But God has the ability to shift and control nature for your benefit if you're in his will. No matter what happens in our economy, if you're connected into God's economy, you're okay. No matter what happens in our nation, if you're connected into his kingdom, you're okay. He'll shift the course of nature to meet your need because what he wants to do in you is unstoppable. And the question is, is simply this. Do you have the fortitude to follow? Do you have the fortitude, the guts, the determination, the tenacity, the risk tolerance to follow? Guys, we're going on a spiritual journey with this unstoppable thing. And, and, and I'm asking today, and we will throughout this, I'm asking you to go on a journey with us. I'm asking you to pray. I'm asking you to pray some crazy prayers. Father, what do you want me to do? Father, what do you want our family to do? Father, what type of sacrifice do you want us to make for your kingdom? In the secret of your success, in the secret of the blessing that God wants to have for you in your life is based on this. We must all follow and obey. Each of us. We have to follow and obey. What if Elijah had said, ooh, no thank you. I don't do dirty birds. I'm not interested in roadkill. God, let's make a different plan, a different path. See, Ahab was looking for Elijah everywhere to kill him. Elijah couldn't get hung up on the menu. He needed to be focused on survival. And God protected him at every turn and provided for him miraculously because he was willing to follow and obey. I want to take you down this little journey. Many of you have seen this. 
Uh, many of you were a part of all of this. Some of you are new. And so I want to take you on our unstoppable journey. Um, and we're going to show you some images on the screens. And you also can follow along with me in your book. There's no little bouncing dot that will take you to each one. But if you, some of you guys remember the little bouncing dot that you could follow along. I don't remember what that was from, but I just remembered it really helped me to focus. And focus has always been something I needed help with. Um, but this book... Uh, we'll show you most of the images that are on the screens that you can see. It'll be a little easier for those of you that are further away. And for those of you that are online, you can uh, have a couple devices going on. But we are going to show each of these images. This first image uh, shows a little bit of the journey that we've been on. We started at a vineyard um, that was literally set up for parties, weddings, uh, big parties. It was a party venue. And that's where our church started. God wanted to start a party. Isn't it interesting that Jesus' ministry started at a wedding? And his first job was to turn water into wine and keep the party going because maybe his disciples got a little too, I don't know. Um, but we started at a vineyard, Divine Grace. Many of you remember this. And then we went to Wilmoth Elementary School. And then there was this crazy thing called the coronavirus that happened and, and we found ourselves at home getting to launch an online ministry that we'd never had before. We just had a really poor uh, Facebook experience and thank you for all of you that enjoyed our poor Facebook experience. We're much better at it now and people watch on Facebook, they watch on YouTube, they watch on our website, uh, oakschurch.com, lots of different places you can connect with us. Uh, but we literally went from there and then to here in this hotel. Praise God for that. So all of the different things that could have happened, if it wasn't for the coronavirus, we would still be in a land deal off of 380, paying way too much for land and taking three years to build a building that would have been way over budget. But instead, we got to hang out here in a room that used to cost $10,000 a day to rent. And because of the virus, they needed someone to just take care of some stuff. And so we got it for like a quarter of the price. God provided for us no ravens, but in the middle of this season of lack and chaos and famine and drama, God provided for Oaks Church and Oaks people in incredible ways. In a building that wasn't available, that wasn't for sale, is now in possession of a baby church, something that was, that was, something that was impossible, but God said, I'm unstoppable. So let's go on this little journey. We're going to be in our new building soon. We started at Divine Grace and we launched our Sunday vision service, our first vision service. We had over 400 people that showed up to kick the tires, settled in around 300 people. Uh, being in our services, we launched some kids ministry there, but it was dangerous to have kids ministry there because everything in that wedding venue was breakable. And, 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 and we had to get out of there. And so Wilmoth opened up and we went to Wilmoth and, and we were growing. We went into two services and then we had our first Easter. Our first Easter, 830 people showed up at Easter, our first Easter. We launched all types of ministries there. Our app came out. We did baptisms. We launched membership classes called, uh, called our Align class. We did our first uh, Oktoberfest event. We're going to bring Oktoberfest back in our new building. That was a lot of fun. You don't have to wear the little suspenders and the funny shorts. You just come as you are. Our first Christmas presentation, Wonder, was there. And then we had 
a pandemic breakout and we went online and we got to start an online ministry that didn't exist. And we had now over 75 videos have po we've posted and, and literally way over 100,000 views uh, on our online ministry. And we had our Easter service online. That was wild, over 600 people live streaming with us on Easter. And then we got back into the hotel and you can see this room is full here. This is an amazing thing in the midst of this pandemic where churches, many of them aren't even meeting yet. And some of them are meeting and it's just a tenth of the, of the people that used to be there. And we're back having full services, uh, socially distanced with the rows all spread out and all that kind of fun stuff. But, but God has grown this church in the middle of a time of suffering. We launched a midweek service. We launched youth house parties. We improved our online live experience. And all of this, all of this happened in 24 months, guys. It's two short years we've been on this wild journey together. It's kind of crazy to think. And but we, we've grown to over 400 people and 200 plus volunteers. Uh, 76 people have completed the Align class and we've got 13 small groups. But the stat that I'm most proud of for you is our missions stat. Would you take a look at this number? In two years, Oaks Church has designated over $480,000 to missions. That is a mess. That is a huge, huge thing. Most startup churches don't even have $480,000 come in in their first two years. We gave away almost a half. It's over a half a million dollars now. We gave away a half a million dollars in our first two years to missions, to ministries. It's one of the greatest joys that I have as a pastor to meet and to vet and to look for every great opportunity to sow seeds all around the world. On average, I probably have at least one meeting a week uh, with a new charity or a new ministry that we would wanna partner with. It's so much fun to get to be Santa Claus to get to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And that would not be possible without your generosity. This church is so generous. When we were meeting with an, exam, or with a, with a, an organization that I'll tell you about in just a little bit, they literally said that our church on the national average is twice as generous per person than churches around the nation. Thank you for that. Now what's interesting is they also told us that only half of the people that come to our church give. So what that means is that the half of you that do are four times more generous than the regular. Guys, it's just, an, it's just an, a national statistic. There are a lot of people that, that, that participate in many ways, but they don't participate in helping move the kingdom forward financially. And the numbers I'm going to show you today are outrageously powerful. But what's wild is they're outrageously powerful with 50% participation. And what could happen if the rest of us, all of us, what could happen if everyone said, you know what, I'm going to do my part. I'm just going to do my part. I'll tell you what, we would be so unstoppable. We, this number, we would literally be giving away a million dollars a year to ministries and missions all around the world if everyone just did their part. It'd be, it'd be amazing. It'd be incredible. And that's a prayer that I have. See, I believe and I practice and I preach generosity, not for me. I already received the benefit of it. I live in the benefit of it because I've done this my whole life. I was raised to do this. 
my whole life. So I've lived in the blessing and the benefit of generosity, radical generosity my whole life. I practice and I preach and I, and I push it forward because I know what it can do in your life. If you'll muster the faith to trust God and actually make him the God of your money. See, a lot of people will let him be the God of their marriage, but not the God of their money. Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life, but not the Lord of my bank account. And if we're going to become the unstoppable force that God has called us to become, we've all got to say yes to Jesus in every way. I've heard it said he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And I want to, I'm going to challenge you as you go on this spiritual journey with us to ask the Lord where he wants you to submit to him and just simply obey him. We're going to love you no matter what. We're going to love you no matter what. It's, it's, it's not our job to be pointing out whatever the wrongs and following up and chasing down people and trying to, I'm, I'm not an enforcer of obedience to God. I'm an influencer and I'm an, I'm an inspiration for people to be obedient to God, but I'm not an enforcer of it. That's between you and him. I don't tell you how to dress. I don't tell you how to talk. I don't tell you what to do. I don't, it's not my job to tell you exactly what to do. It's my job to show you the word of God and lead you to make a decision and hopefully you obey him. But that's between you and him. But let's continue this journey through our missions. You can see this next uh, picture shows missions all around the world from orphanages. We, we have an entire, we, we have orphanages that we've sponsored and supported, but we have an entire village, guys, that we sponsor and support. Literally, I mean, thousands and thousands of people have food and water because of your generosity. We, incredible stuff all around the world, all around the city. It doesn't matter if it's uh, drug uh, rehab and regeneration centers, uh, homeless shelters, uh, women's centers, uh, centers for life and for women's uh, pregnancy and, 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 and advocacy for life, all kinds of stuff, feeding people, clothing people. Can I tell you that this week I was so blessed. Many of you know Ken and Anel Bangs, precious friends of ours and members of this church, and their whole house burned down this week. And the response of their church we put out a little email. Some of you probably saw it. Many of you gave. The response of our church to go online and to click a button and give to meet a need because of a family that lost literally everything. Thank God they have insurance, good insurance, but even good insurance doesn't cover everything. And they've got to rebuild their life from scratch. It, it, it's a horrific thing to, to see and to watch. But this church was so generous that we dedicated all of our um, meet a need giving for this week to that family to help them rebuild. And you guys, I, he called me this morning and just said, guys, can you tell? He said, if you, if you do say something, will you thank our church? We're blown away. We had no idea how much our church loved us and supported us. And in this season, God showed us who our true family was, our true friends were, and Oaks Church has, has just blown our minds with, with the love and the affection and, and, the, and the generosity that you guys have given. So thank you for that, guys. This is a church that literally looks to meet needs everywhere. Our motto is yes. <laughs> Can you help? Yes. Can you? Yes. Now, we also have a responsibility to vet stuff, to make sure it's a good investment, it's good seed or good soil for your seed. So we spend a lot of time vetting things because some places are... Some places are wait, because I want to see if it's good soil. But it's a yes 
because we're constantly looking for how we can be more and more generous. You can see pictures of these beautiful faces and these beautiful ministries uh, all around uh, the city and all around the world that we're able to do. But we obviously, we know we've had a challenge uh, inside of this facility. Uh, we've had to switch up multiple times and not be able to have service on uh, Sundays because of other events. We've been in five locations in 24 months. Uh, you know, our, our kids are meeting in a boardroom. We, we need real facilities, right? Uh, and we've been looking for that, and God has made a way. We can't continue to be in a, in a position where we're at the whim of other organizations that can say, yes, you can use it, or no, you can't use it, or you can use it on this day, but not on that day. Oaks Church needs a real home. And God has provided this, uh, the short term was for us to lease this building. And you can see what this building used to look like, and I'm going to show you what the building will look like in just a little bit. But this, this is an incredible opportunity. Not only did this gentleman lease us a building that wasn't for lease, he made a lease purchase agreement with us so that we could begin buying the building before we were financially ready. So we're lease purchasing the building that wasn't for lease and wasn't for sale. And we're already gaining equity in a building that we don't fully own yet and haven't even occupied, but we're gaining equity toward our future down payment. In fact, by the time we buy this thing, we will have, the, with the price, uh, the discounted price that we're getting for it for meeting inside of the needs and also the equity that we've saved up in it, about $350,000 yeah, $350, uh, of value toward the purchase price because of, of this opportunity. It's incredible. So there is some urgency that we'll tell you about of why we need to get on the ball with this. But I want to show you we need to own our home, right? It's not, and you'll see as we walk through this, it's not responsible for us to rent forever because we're not gaining equity if we're only renting. And we're going to be in a position where we're not going to have the power to do the things that God wants us to do. There are three phases. We're almost done. We're three weeks away from being done with phase one, which is make the building move in ready. When you see this building, you're going to be so blown away. Uh, Chris and John have just done incredible uh, jobs overseeing this project and helping us. They've literally saved us hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they've both have done this out of the love for, for, for you and for this church, haven't charged a dime. They've been working every single day to do this. It's incredible, guys. It's incredible. I couldn't afford either of them anyway. But... We're almost there. Uh, phase two is to buy this building. Over the next year, inside of this year, we will buy this building. But we just need to raise the down payment, the rest of it. Phase three is to finish out the building and absolutely make it a complete state-of-the-art facility. And I want to show you this next uh, image. We'll show you some of the befores if you haven't seen it uh, before. But I want to show you what it's going to look like after. And once we get into this property, uh, it's going to solve our space problems. It's going to open up the ability for all kinds of new ministries. Literally dream it up. Whatever ministries that we need to do to meet the needs of our city and our region. We'll have full youth facilities, turnkey kids space. Uh, our audio video opportunity and experience for both services in the building and online will be state of the art. Um, and on top of that, by the time we buy this building and renovate this building, it creates for us two different uh, revenue streams. The first is there's a doggy daycare that is the, the back 50% of the building or 30% of the building is a doggy daycare. So maybe you could bring your dogs to church. All dogs go to heaven. We already know that. You could bring your dogs to church, check them in as long as they're quiet dogs. If they're loud dogs, no dice. Uh, but if they're quiet dogs, they can come to church with you maybe. Uh, we'll, work, we'll work that out. 
But when we own the building, we have a tenant and the tenant will literally pay about 25% of our mortgage. So it's an instant income stream as soon as we buy the building. The second part is we're building and designing our children's space so that we could do throughout the week uh, some type of Mother's Day out or preschool, which will be a second income stream. So this is the, part of the urgency is getting into a position where financially the building is, is, uh, is, making, uh, is building resources and creating a revenue stream for the church throughout the week. So we're not only counting on donations. We have actual revenue that comes into the building as well. That's a really wise way to do this. Um, so I want you to see real quickly some of the, uh, the financial structure of this. Um, you can see on this chart right here, before we started the project, uh, what our rents were for, for the hotel and for our office space and, our, and, and that type of thing, and how it's moved up now. We're in that move-in phase uh, right now. So our expenses are very high right now because we're paying rent for our building that we're not actually uh, living in yet. And we're also paying all of the other rents for other spaces. But once we move in, at the end of this month, we move down to paying just our lease on the building, but you can see how this drops off after we purchase the building. Our expenses go down even more, and once we start our preschool, they go down even more. And at the end of this, we literally are going to be in a building that will be worth over $7 million, have hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity, and our monthly expenditures will only be slightly more than they are right now, and we own nothing. This is a super wise decision for us, and it's a miracle that God has provided for this and, and has given, again, at the risk of you thinking I'm smarter than I am, we have incredible advisors that have been with us every step of the way that have walked us through our decisions. Pastor Larry, uh, our, one of our board members, Doug, my wife Jennifer has an incredible amount of wisdom for helping us make the right decisions and things. That, you know, husbands, you ought, to, you ought to listen to your wives a little sooner. It's not in my notes, but just saying they hear God. But let's look at these images of what the building will look like. It's, it's not gonna look like this fully yet. This is phase three. We gotta focus on buying the building. It's not wise to put another million dollars into renovations of something we don't own. So our first step is for phase two is to buy this building and actually own it ourselves. And then phase three will be to renovate and remodel. But look at these beautiful pictures that they're gonna flash through showing uh, the front of the building, what it'll look like. The uh, outdoor, we're gonna have like kind of a front porch outdoor patio space. So we want this to be a building that's very inviting for the community. Um, if you go over and you're on the property, especially on a weekend, we're next to Home Depot. Literally thousands and thousands of people a week come through that parking lot. We'll see our building and we'll have opportunity to interact with us. We're, we're going to have a, a, a space to engage the community like we never have before. No one has even known we existed or where we are. And look at what God has done. And we're about to go into a space where almost everyone in the city knows that space. Oh, yeah, I did a birthday there. Oh, yeah, we did that. Oh, I go to that Home Depot all the time. Oh, you mean right behind Sonic? Oh, the Taco Bell right there. Oh, my gosh, I love that, that Italian garden place right in front. Everybody knows this building. Our church is about to go into a completely different experience. Are you ready for this? God's going to do something incredible. I've been telling you all along, thousands of people will get saved in Oaks Church. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people will get saved at Oaks Church. And it'll be because of you, because of God, because of you, God in you. 
So we're going to do lots of great events. As you look through some of these images, you'll see how beautiful the interior is. Uh, Jennifer uh, has been a big part of, she loves design and she loves interior stuff. And so a lot of these beautiful pictures are uh, her, her influence. Pinterest is her friend. Um, and this, this, uh, the architect did, did a wonderful job drawing some of these different things. You'll see the sanctuary in some of these pictures. Uh, we're going to have incredible worship. The atmosphere is going to be amazing. Uh, the kids' space, these are some concepts and different ideas that you'll see. But our goal is to buy this building, own this building, fully renovate this building, and create a state-of-the-art ministry space church that can meet the needs of the city and launch ministries. This this church, our church, Oaks Church, will be known for a couple things. Number one, we will be known for radical generosity, generosity that freaks people out. That's what our church will be known for. We already are. We already are. I, I have meetings on a regular basis of people that are bringing other ministries to meet me because they know I'll say yes. Because we're constantly looking for new ways to build the kingdom everywhere we look. That's our reputation already. But, but on top of that, it's going to be a reputation that launches ministries and launches churches and launches uh, people into the, the fullness and the calling of God. That's what our motto is. We, we grow great lives and we build big people. That's what God has called us to do. We are a, we are a kingdom winning machine. That's what we do. We create winners for God's kingdom to go out and do amazing things for God. Never, ever, ever discount the importance of the local church. Not a single one of you would have the level of success you have without a local church. I've watched people get big for their britches and feel like they don't need the local church anymore. And they stop giving to the local church because they don't really need it. It doesn't do anything for them in their life. And the, and the sad part, the sad part is that's really selfish. Because they would have never become as successful as they have become without the relationships, the leadership training, the faith, the building, the kingdom uh, principles. They wouldn't be who they are without the local church. And just because you're a big shot now doesn't mean you should forget the local church. Because you don't live for you, you live for him. You live for him. And the church of Jesus Christ is still the number one vehicle for blessing the world that God has chosen. Period. And we can simply do more together than we can do alone. So let's work together. Amen. So here's the urgency. If we wait, our purchase price goes up. We're going to burn through a lot more monthly cash because we're not getting the discounts. Uh, our mortgage will actually be way less than our rent will be. Um, and we have the loss of the potential um, tenant, doggy daycare, and also the preschool that we want to launch. And we have to wait longer for the renovations, the full renovations that we want to do that will really help us to launch the rest of our ministries. But here's another piece of urgency. How a, a growing church and the life of a growing church works is seen in this next image. You see what's just a basic bell curve. And when a church starts, typically, in fact, our church, my God, it it was like a rocket ship, man. We just took off like a rocket and, and we grew and we grew and grew that whole first year. Um, and all of a sudden we, we hit this, this pandemic uh, season. And what's amazing is that in the middle of a kind of a flat season where attendance wise, we weren't able to grow. We actually were able to grow in our influence, grow online, grow with the, with, uh, with the ministries and that the, the we're able to serve and take care of, grow in our ability. Um, uh, man, our finances grew as well. It was just an incredible season that God continued to push forward and bless the kingdom through Oaks Church, even in the middle. But we're literally at this point, you can see that booming point and right at the top of the bell curve. 
And this phase, the season for us of moving in and, and having our own home and owning it and being able to really build the next season is crucial because I've watched church after church miss the window of opportunity around that 24 to 36 month point and they begin to decline and they begin to lose momentum and the next thing you know, they're stuck. I've got friends, I've known people that literally have launched a church and they started out well and they missed that window of opportunity. This next slide will show you what happens if you capture that window, you start a whole new upramp in your bell curve and the whole thing happens again. See, the, the reality is that people cycle through a church your church changes over. The congregation changes every probably 36 months or so. It really changed because people are transient and they move. And the reality is, is that there's a lot of great churches and I may see something you don't like. And so next thing you know, you're at a different church and you're just waiting for him to say something you don't like. And then you'll leave that church too. And people just leave, man. It's just how it is. And, and, and as pastors, we gotta get good at just loving the people that God continues to, to keep with us, do the very best that we can and love all the new people that God brings and just know that we've got a certain amount of time with most people. And, and yet some people are, 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 are lifers. There are people in this room right now, people that are watching right now that have been doing life and ministry with Jennifer and I for 20 years, 15 years, 10 years. There are people that are lifers that are really called alongside, and I pray that's a whole bunch of you. I pray that's most of you. But I want you to understand that, that it's okay when he calls you something else, that's okay. But as long as we're here together, let's be all in together. Amen? Amen. So here's where we're at. Our actual um, cost of the phase, the purchase price of this building is about 6.8 million. We have, and this is an amazing thing, we have saved a million dollars currently for our down payment. That's about, that's half of our down payment needed. Now watch this. We've saved a million dollars for our down payment at the same time that we gave away a half million dollars to missions around the world and spent over a million dollars renovating this building. That's how good God's been, right? And we still have. That's, so and we're gonna show you how that worked, but God has been that good that he's helped us. So we do need to raise $1 million to buy the building as our down payment. The second phase three will cost about a million as well, another around 800,000 for, for final renovations and the preschool as well, a couple hundred thousand dollars for that. And so the way that this is gonna work, phase one, phase two is about two million. And our plan is we need to raise that first million by September of this year. Our landlord will work with us some, but there is a deadline for us to get the guaranteed price that we have of 6.8 million. And there's also a deadline for us to keep the uh, equity that we're paying in on a monthly basis. And if we break out of that window, we risk, uh, like I said, about $350,000 between the equity and the, and the discounted price that we have for fulfilling that. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with, our, with the market, right? They thought, well, what if the building price goes down? What if it does? It might. And if it does, we have a clause in our contract for that. But what if it goes through the roof? Because Texas is just amazing. And everybody and their dog wants to move here from the weird coast and the other coast. And, and they're, I mean, they all want to move here. And, and, and so things are going up. We're, we're doing very well here, and especially in the Dallas area. So I want to encourage you just to, uh, to believe what God is doing in the opportunities. It's not by mistake. If you'll remember what the Lord said to me, he literally said in the middle of this pandemic, when I began to get nervous about buying that land, he said, Joel, don't worry, just keep walking forward. And then he said this, I have a surprise up my sleeve. And when he said that phrase, I thought about this building. The second he said it, I thought about that building and I called Stan. That exact same moment, hey Stan, tell me about this building. God just told me he's got a surprise. And Stan began to be a little honey badger and go after the opportunity. 
just like that. And I would call him and bug him and he'd call Jack and bug Jack. And next thing you know, we got a deal. Okay. And guys, I'm telling you, God has opened a door for us. That's incredible. And, and after we own this building, we're going to continue and finish out the, re, the uh, remodeling at the speed of the generosity of this church. The faster that, that it happens, the faster that we're able to do things. And guys, this is just going to be incredible. This, this is just the beginning of the dream that we have uh, and, and, and for, for this church and for this community. And somebody asked, the number one question I get is, how long before we outgrow this building, Joel? And I say, I don't know, a couple years? Maybe. But we're not afraid to do three services, four services. But we'll use it. We'll max this stinker out. But, but if God, and, and we'll do whatever God wants. Look, I'm not, I didn't start this to build a big church. I started this to build big people. And what I know is if you'll build big people, big people will draw people. And your church will grow. But we're focused on the people. We're not focused on the size. I've accomplished lots of great stuff in my life. I don't have to go prove anything else. I just want to love my family and love the people God's called to me. And whatever God wants to do with this church, that's what God's going to do with this church. But I can promise you one thing. I'm not going to get in the way of how big God wants to do things in this church by thinking and dreaming too small. Amen? Because I believe there's thousands and thousands of people that God wants to bless through Oaks Church, through you. So our need is that we, uh, we need to... Um, Cover the, the, sorry, if we, we accomplish this, we'll meet the need and we'll set our church up. Literally, it's going to set our church up for the next decade. This is what's going to be incredible is by doing this, by meeting this goal, it sets us up for the whole next decade. We may grow out of the building long before that, but it'll put us into a position where whatever we, we feel God calling us to do next, we'll be in position to do next because we'll have the equity of this building and the opportunity that this building provides. Now, I want to show you a couple of things and I'm going to ask my wife to come up here with me and she's going to tell you a little story here at the end and we'll close. Um, but I want to show you that this is, this is a picture of the average tithe of our church, Oaks Church. And you can see that we started off and we kind of had some ups and downs in the middle March 20. That was the middle of the pandemic. You can see in the middle of the pandemic, we did drop a little bit, but we held. And then we actually ended up growing through the summer and it flattened out. Oops, I'm looking. Yeah, there we go. Uh, it flattened out there just a little bit. And then look at the end of uh, 2020, literally the end of 2020, our church just, it absolutely shot up. We finished 2020 with such an incredible strength that our church um, outpaced. Our church did so good in the first year, I had no idea how could we, we could even compete with it. But God is so good that in the middle of a pandemic, we outpaced our first year and our second year when we couldn't even come to church. <laughs> God is good, amen? But I wanna show you this next, these next couple slides are super important because this is the number one question people have. What do you do with the money? People ask that question. I'm gonna show you what we do with the money. We have nothing to hide at Oaks Church. In fact, I'm gonna show you how overly responsible we are. Number one, Pastor Larry is our CFO. He's our chief board member. And Pastor Larry is a money expert. He has, for over 50 years, he's worked in, in the church and nonprofit uh, world, helping churches with their legal and their finance. And we're, we're A, 100% submitted to his wisdom. Um, and, and literally, he's, he's the boss and he keeps us in line. My number one responsibility for Pastor Larry is to keep me out of jail. I'm just playing, but, but I mean, for real, he protects us. He protects us. But you can see on this, I want to point, the first thing I want to point out is, is the tithe number right there. You don't just, we, we're not a church that just receives tithes. The reason we're able to do what we do to the world is because we're a church that gives tithes. Amen. 
every single week, my greatest joy is when can we give our tithe from Oaks Church? Where can we give our tithes from Oaks Church? And we have at this point, I believe, around 30 or so ministries around the city, the region, and the world that the tithe of Oaks Church is going to fund things around the world. Oaks Church will be one of the most generous churches you've ever known, bar none. The second number I want you to to see is the personnel number. This personnel number, 30%, this is for the last two years, our personnel average cost has been 30%. That 30% is about 20% below the national average. The average church has 45 to 55% personnel costs. We could, to be regular with other churches, increase our personnel expenses by 20%. But we've kept them low because we're really responsible. And we want to give more money away. And we, I would rather have a, a, a smaller staff and more volunteers and be able to bless the world and bless the kingdom. But it's also what's given us the opportunity to save 31% of every dollar that's coming to this church has gone into savings for the future. That's unreal. If you look at this between our missions giving and our savings, we have run this church, we've operated this church off of less 59% of the income of this church. That's incredibly responsible. And we want to continue to be that way, right? Because it's not our money. It's God's money, every dollar of it. It's all God's money. In fact, let me just help you with this. All the money that you think is your money is not your money. It's God's money, all of it. Oh, no, no, the tithe is the Lord's. Oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's the Lord's too. But where do you think the other percent came from? Him. He's your source. He's your source. So this next slide is going to show you in 2021 what our projections are. These are projections without growth. If we don't grow an inch going into the new building, this is where we are financially. We're still going to be able to save only 13% now. We're still going to be able to give, uh, give away our 10%. Our church projects or, or building programs, programs in the building will be about 18%. Our rent will go up to about 20%. Because of having the building and launching new programs, we will have to hire some new people, so our personnel costs will go up some. But we'll be able to responsibly manage this new building if we don't grow a single person or a single cent. We're in a very strong position financially to move into this next season. But what I want to show you next is if we only grow by the national average, and guys, we haven't done anything by the national average. We've done everything by two times the national average so far. So if we only grow by the national average of moving into a new building, this is what it shifts. We're back down to 35% in personnel costs. Our missions is still 10%. Church life's about 17. Rent is about 16. And guys, this is before we own the building. This is just the rent. Once we own the building, those numbers get even better and we'll be able to have even more money in savings. But we're constantly gonna be a church that gives and saves because that's called stewardship. That's called being a good steward. That's called preparing for the future. We're, we're, we're here to build for the future for missions and ministry and tithe, but we're also to build for the future with our savings as well. So we hired a company called Enjoy and Enjoy has worked with over 4,500 churches They've raised or helped build campaigns to raise those churches over $4 billion. The gentleman that's helping us, our coach, has personally worked with over 150 churches uh, to help them successfully run their campaigns. And they feel very good about our church. They feel very good about our campaign. Uh, And honestly, 
initially they didn't, they couldn't, didn't want to and weren't ready to work with our church because they don't normally work with the church until they're over three years old and we were only 18 months old or less when we, when we engaged with them. Um, so, so they made an exception because our church has done so well to work with us. And this next slide will show you what they project we can do from the low end to the high end based on um, our records that we have first in these first two years. They say on the low end, we should, through this campaign over the next two years, be able to raise an additional $1.6 million over what we currently raise, up to about $2.2 million. Anywhere in there is successful, Okay. Anywhere in there is a win, anywhere, because we're going to get this building bought, and then it doesn't matter how long it takes us to renovate. We're going to, we'll work on God's houses, work on God's house as the funds come in. But God has called us to do this, and, and let me help you understand. The vision of Oaks Church is not a building. The building is just a tool. That's all. It's a tool that's going to help us fulfill the vision of Oaks Church. The vision of Oaks Church is to help people to, uh, to align with God, to encounter God, align with each other, to grow personally, and to become people that give. Yeah. Give all of their life, give every part of their life, to live as a giver for Jesus Christ. That's what our vision is, to grow great lives and build big people. And so we're gonna do that. And our church is gonna exceed, I believe with all my heart, we're gonna exceed all expectations. That's what God has called us to do. But this next little chart is gonna show you how this might happen and where you might fit in. Okay, so this chart, it literally shows the $2 million. It shows the number of pledgers at each different given amount. It shows how much that amount would break out in the week, break out in a month, a total, all that kind of stuff, all the way up to $2 million. And what we're asking everyone to do right now is don't make a decision about anything. I, because I've been building this campaign, I've been praying about it for months. And can I tell you, the number that I'm asking the Lord to allow me to give is 100% impossible. <laughs> It stretches her, and that's normally the opposite way. She's normally the one stretching me. But the Lord, the number that I have for the Lord, and it's not between, it has nothing to do with you or me, uh, or I, it's none of your business, but it's big, and it's something that will stretch, stretch, stretch us because I want to be stretched. I don't want to do something easy and call it worship. I want to do something massive. I want God to use me in a massive way, my wife and our family in a massive way. And so I'm asking you and we're asking you just to pray and seek the Lord. Go on this journey with us and allow the Lord to speak to you. Don't make any decisions. You may, husband may say, oh, I think we should do this. The wife says, I think we should do that. And the husband says, get behind me, Satan. And the wife says, I'm not Satan. I mean, just pray, pray, ask the Lord, Father, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to sacrifice? What, I mean, we've had people that literally have moved their stock portfolios around that have moved their retirement things around. We, we actually have a fund set up where you can donate, this is an amazing thing, you can donate stock that you bought at a price down here that's grown to a price up here and you can donate it and not have to pay the capital gains tax and you can get the full value of the grown price of the stock and donate it to the church and then the church can sell the stock and not have to pay taxes either. It's amazing, right? It's incredible. What the, some of the different things that we can do. There, in programs like this, people have donated cars. They've donated the lands. They've donated all kinds of stuff. Ask the Lord to show you. I, I sold my motorcycle. I don't want to give that money. She's happy about it. I have something else that I really want. But, but as a part of what we're doing, guys, I'm just telling you, the, the Lord is, is moving on our hearts to sacrifice because this is not about us. This is about his kingdom.
Amen? It's about his kingdom. And I wanted to tell a story, and the reason this chart is so important is because it shows anyone, anywhere can do something. You can find yourself somewhere on this chart. And I wanted Jennifer to come tell a story because because the very first time we did something like this, we were 22 and 23, and we were in our first home church here in Texas. Would you? Okay, you're gonna end up telling it, and then I'm like, no, why that's am why I'm stopping. Here? Okay. So I'm stopping right now. <laughs> so, um, it, we, we had been in Texas for maybe only like six months or so, or I don't even remember, it's but. We had finally found um, Covenant Church as our home church and we just loved it and we wanted to be involved any way we could. We volunteered, we were doing all that. Well, when they had, there was a need that came up and they were needing to, I don't even remember what it was for. Was it for the building fund? No, or it, was it was the church before project? Covenant Church. It was, a, it was oh, the church see, before. I'm messing up. <laughs> yeah, it was at North Church. Okay. Yeah. Well, they had, a, a, build, building they had a building mm-hmm. fund going on and um, the Lord had put a number on my heart. And so Joel and I were kind of looking at each other and I, we said, well, I didn't want to tell him my number. And I said, well, you pray, you know, what's your number? And it, and it was big for me. Like I was nervous about it. And then, um, it's so cool. Like the Lord had told him the same number. So we were in agreement and we did it, but it was still making me nervous. And I was like, God, I don't know about this. Like, can we really afford to do this? And he reminded me of when I had started my business, um, doing hair in Plano and I was tithing, and I was just tithing on um, my gross, and the Lord had put it on my heart to tithe on, or excuse me, I was tithing on my net. The Lord had put it on my heart to tithe on my gross, so I started tithing on my gross, and within a year, he had tripled my income. And I was not like super outgoing. I wasn't like going, trying to get new people. Like my business was like little bitty. And so that was totally the Lord. That was such a miracle. And I loved it. And he just reminded me of when I give sacrificially, that he will bless me so much. And I, I just have been feeling about this and with this season and this building, how God has just kept saying, sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. And um, Joel had asked me a couple months ago, he was like, uh, stop spending money, okay, because I really like Amazon and I really like to buy paint supplies. Um, so I get in trouble a lot. And um, so he was like, I'm serious, like I, we really want to cut down. Like you need, because we really want to, you know, we have this goal that God put on our heart and this is what we want to do. And so... Um, I said yes at the time, and it wasn't that hard, and I was like, well, that wasn't that hard to submit, and the Lord was like, well, why do you think it was easy for you to submit? And I said, because all of my needs are met right now. Like, I had everything I needed at the time, or everything I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. like a project, or every, I was like, oh yeah, it's fine. And then a couple weeks later, I was like, oh my gosh, I have this want or this need. And the Lord just kept putting on my heart, sacrifice. It's the sacrifice that you're making. And he had told me a long time ago that if I were to take care of his house, he would take care of my house. Mm -hmm. And this week, it was really beautiful. It was a couple days ago, I was talking to Julie Medina on the phone, and the Lord had told her the exact same thing. You know, they'd been, they're praying about whatever the Lord wants them to do. And that whatever it was would be that the word sacrifice was heavy, you know, on her heart and just about them praying and being in agreement and not just jumping in and saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. But really taking like weeks, if not a month to pray to find out really what God do you want me to do? Because, you know, when it's easy, it's not a sacrifice. So, yeah. That's good. Thank you, baby. You know, and here, the part of the story, too, and we've, at this point, we've done this over and over and over again at different churches and different seasons, but this very first time we were in, we literally had just moved here. My, my income, my base income, when we moved here in 1990, January of 1996, was $17,000 a year. 
Yeah, as a grown married man. And, and she was starting a brand new clientele and had very little, and we're leaving, we're, it's beans and rice and ramen noodles and whatnot. And, and so, and, but God was with us and he took care of us and we were tithing. And so imagine, we, I mean, we're tithing on our little bitty tithe on $17,000 a year at the time, but we went to this church and they're built, they were doing their building fund and we were just young and dumb enough to say, God, we're gonna sacrifice and we're gonna give. And we found ourselves inside of the thing, probably at the very bottom somewhere, but we made this deal with God. We said, God, we're gonna make a sacrifice to give what we really can't even afford. And we're gonna ask you that if we, as she said, give to your house, that you would help us to buy our first house by the end of the year, which was 100% impossible, okay? No, we had no credit, we had no income hardly, and we're asking God if we give exponentially more, which is still a tiny number, would you help us to buy our first house at the end of the year? And then we also wrote down this crazy other goal that one day we wanna own land with trees and a creek and be able to have a house in the country and all this kind of stuff. Our very first time we did a campaign like this, we wrote down our first house goal and we wrote down our last, our, our current, where we're living right now, guys. We've watched our life over 20 years evolve. And that first year when we finished that campaign, we had bought our first house. Absolute miracle that God provided for us to buy and own our very first house. And then last year we moved in to the house that was also on that same pledge card with trees and a creek and in the country and all that kind of stuff. And I just wanna encourage you guys that wherever you find yourself, you may find yourself at the top. We have people in our church that could give $250,000 and should give $250,000. And we have people in here that will be lucky if they could give 1,200. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which one you are. What matters is that you obey God and do, your, do the absolute best you can do. Because remember the, the woman with the two mites? Two mites. She gave two mites and that was her all compared to someone who dropped in pounds and it was just changed to them. And so that's the journey we're asking you to go on, to just seek the Lord, to hear the Lord. I'm gonna pray over you right now and I'm actually gonna ask Tiffany to come up um, as well and explain a little bit about our spiritual journey. But there's a card right here. This is the card, this is the pledge card to take with you to hold on to and just to pray about. On the 28th, the 28th is our commitment day. Please do your best to be a part of each of these uh, weeks. Uh, we're gonna build toward this. Um, next week, I've got a mess great message you're gonna love and we'll build toward the 28th. And the 28th is our commitment day. That's when you bring this card back or online when you click that button for Unstoppable, there's a link there that you can fill out and there's a form that you can do right there. But this card right here is our spiritual journey card. This is our spiritual commitment card. And the most important thing that you do is go on this journey with us. And this journey is going to consist of a couple of different things Tiffany's going to tell you about. Um, but we're asking you just to seek the Lord and to pray. And can I tell you guys, this, this, just, and I'm going I'm to say this with all my heart, what I care about more than anything else is what God does in your heart and does in your life. I know he's going to provide for our church no matter what. What I want to see is the miracle he wants to do in your heart and in your life. So Tiff, will you tell us just a little bit about this? Absolutely. Okay, you have these cards, uh, the spiritual journey card. And basically, to, we're gonna be a spiritually strong people going into this next season, amen? Amen. Are you excited? God is going to do radical things, unstoppable things, just like Pastor Joel said. And so what we're doing is posturing ourselves together as a family to, to really receive from God and to grow along this journey. Part of our spiritual, our spiritual journey is that we're going to be doing a fast together. Our fast begins tomorrow. 
okay? And so you can fast whatever you want to fast. Ask the Holy Spirit. This is all about becoming more and more intimate with God. So the Daniel fast is something awesome and very, very powerful in this time of year. But pray and ask God what he wants you to fast. We're going to be fasting, and our fast will end on the 28th um, in the afternoon. And just as we fast and empty ourselves of us, we're going to watch God fill us. Amen? The other, and the next part of our spiritual journey is that we're going to do a prayer initiative. It's called 611. And this is so exciting to me because every day at 611 a.m. or 611 p.m., we're going to commit to one another and to God to pray together, to declare the word of God. And you're going to receive a, an email at the top of the week. If you're signed up in, in our database, you'll receive an email that gives you an outline, a prayer outline, and the scriptures we're going to be focusing on for that entire week. And then every single day on our socials, you'll be able to find on Instagram, on Facebook, you're going to see the scripture of the day pop up. And can I just take 60 seconds? I know we're going long here, but I just want to tell you, when you begin to pray, okay, we are not just praying our opinion. We are praying the word of yeah. God. And so when a scripture pops up on your social at 6.11 a.m., it, it should be up by 6.11 a.m. <laughs> Someone's getting up earlier than you. You're going to see it. And here's my exhortation to you. I want you to look at that scripture. I have a little uh, saying, be it, pray it, do it. When you look at that scripture verse, you meditate, you, you become one with the word of God. He is the living word of God. So we become one with him. You become that scripture. Yeah. Uh, you, you live it, you apply it to your life. Then you pray it. You can pray prayers of declaration, prayers of petitions. Some of the scriptures you'll see that we're using are petitions to God over our city and over our land. Some of them are declarations where we're speaking into the atmosphere and call on causing turnaround to happen right here where we're assigned. Okay. So you're going to, you're going to be it. You're going to pray it. And then you're going to do it. The last thing you're going to ask God is, Hey, I'm speaking this out, but how can I do this? How can I actually do your word today? Good. Okay. Do you get that? Yeah. If you need an example, we'll do one later. Okay. And the last thing we're going to do, Oh, is on two twenty one twenty one. We're going to meet together at our new building, and we're going to have a prayer walk. Yeah. We're going to declare God's word. Pastor Jen and Pastor Joel are going to lead us in a corporate prayer. We're going to bless and anoint the new building, and we're going to become one together, declaring God's word over what he is blessing. Amen? Amen. Those three things. We're going to fast. We're going to pray every day together. And we're going to come together on the 21st to bless the building. Pray. If you can commit to all three of those things, please commit to all three of those things. Amen? Amen. And we'll grow together Amen. as a family. Very good. Thank you, Tiffany. And this little card right here, it, it, it isn't actually a real perforated card. They kind of messed it up, but it has a line. And if you'll fold that part right there back and forth on that line, you can actually tear it pretty easily. 
Um, and then if you'll just fill this little thing out right here real quick before you leave, they'll have buckets at the back if you're making that spiritual commitment to go on that. Just at, at 6, 6, 11 in the morning, we'll, we'll, we're gonna email this out, 6, 11 in the morning. Just get up, pray for a little bit um, for the church, uh, for, for the future, for our city. We'll, we'll send you things specifically to pray for. And then at 6, 11 p.m., stop and pray uh, again for a moment. And we're gonna just go on this beautiful journey together. Uh, that day we meet at the building. It's gonna be a lot of fun to be able to come and see the building and walk through that uh, together. And then as far as your fast goes, just pray and ask the Lord to show you. I was thinking about fasting cigarettes, but then I remembered I didn't smoke. Um, pick something that costs you something, right? Pick something that means something to you uh, that, that will actually be a sacrifice. Fasting should get your attention, okay? Um, if fasting is not about changing God, fasting is about changing you, okay? So pick something. Pray about it. It could change each week. It's up to you how you would like to do that. But if you're going to go on this with us, just go on the journey with us. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful thing. So are you good? Is this exciting? We're unstoppable. We're unstoppable. And all of you that are with us online, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, make sure you click that unstoppable button and fill those little forms out as well and go on this journey with us. We love you. We're grateful for you. Wonderful things coming together. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.